Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. My name's Aid, and you shall have the delight of me and Graham this evening. This is, of course, the film photography podcast that looks forward. We don't look back at, you know, past rounds of competitions and worry about stuff like that. Um, we look forward. We look forward to seeing new Polaroids. We look forward to seeing Ektachrome. We look forward to seeing Lomo Instant Square cameras that are no longer square. <laughs> It reminds me of listening to Charlie in the Chocolate Factory with my kids in the car. You know, square sweets that look round. <laughs> More on that in a bit. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I, you know, I'm recovering from a week of burying myself in alcohol to try and get over the uh, outrageous um, travesty that was last week's show. Uh, I, I think um, at Desert Owl on Instagram best summed up. It's like. I can't believe this shot didn't win talking about one of my pictures. It's, um, <laughs> it, it was a gross miscarriage of justice. Uh, I, I, I want a steward's inquiry or even a Stuart's inquiry. If there's somebody called Stuart listening and they'd like to do some inquiring, <laughs> into, please get in touch. Um, but other than, other than dealing with this traumatic incident, um, I'm doing very well. Thank you, mate. Yeah. It's uh, good to catch up with you. I have a bit more of a, a quiet, sensible week after, dealing with them last week getting them to shut up at the end of the show which i think that was the most challenging part of it, it wasn't the taking the photographs it wasn't figuring out how to do macro with the bridge camera it was getting them to shut up at the end of the podcast was the real mission last week i don't know he seemed to be talking a lot of sense to me he, he seemed to be talking a lot i don't know what he was saying i mean you know it was it was all nonsense all nonsense from the bit when he from that moment when he started declaring you as the winner it all went downhill rapidly so Never mind, never mind. We, you know, as you said, onwards and upwards. It's the forward-facing show this week. Um, it's a shame we haven't got Rachel here, but she's a very busy bee at the moment, so we're having to struggle on manfully without her. Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, we will. Um, well, let's do just that, shall we? Let's let's talk about. Um, uh, and let me. So there's a lot of syllables here that I ne- I will probably get in the wrong order. The one step two I type camera. So, it sounds like a dance, doesn't it? <laughs> Some sort of barn dance or a square dance. When we have a cowboy at the front sort of calling the shots. Yeah, all of my dances have a cowboy at the front calling the shots. <laughs> okay, we are, of course, talking about uh, the major new announcement from Polaroid, uh, or should we call them Polaroid Originals, I suppose, shouldn't we? Uh, from last week uh, this came out of course just before our show was released uh, but it was after we had done the recording so this is our first opportunity to talk about it we have had uh, quite a lot of our community say they've put in uh, pre-orders for them very excited looking forward to uh, you know trying it out uh, yeah I don't know um, and Graham you are far more the Polaroid shooter than I am um, what's your take on this yeah, you know, we we really didn't know what to expect from this announcement last week. They'd been teasing something in the run up to it, but I think we've all been burnt so many times by disappointing teasers that we were all ready for it to be a, an app or something equally miserable. Um, but it wasn't. It was actually a new camera and, of course, a complete rebrand for the Impossible Project stuff as well. So Impossible's gone. I mean, that brand is no longer with us it seems um which i think well i mean i completely understand the sense of doing it it makes a lot of sense but it's it is sad in a way to see impossible go that that what they did was nothing short of a miracle they kept it going and without them this would not be a thing um but yeah for the announcement to be an actual camera um it's it's pretty cool the the new camera is based on the original Polaroid One Step, which is a nice basic uh, 600 camera. Um, the main distinguishing feature between the new One Step Two and the original One Step is that this camera uses the iType film, uh, which is the new film that they brought out last year to go with their i1 camera, the Impossible i1 camera. Um, and the thing that's particularly notable about that is that the iType film doesn't have a battery in it, which uh, makes it cheaper to produce. Um, the One Step Two does also can also use the existing 600 film, although I don't know whether there would be any reason whatsoever to do that when the iType film they brought the price down on that now. So in the UK, at any rate, 
the iType film is 14.99 for a pack of eight shots, and the 600 film, standard 600 film, is um, 17.99 for a pack of film. So you know that's enough of a difference. Um, it's a basic 600 camera, so you've got I think lighten and darken settings as you did on all the old cameras. It does also have a self timer on it. Uh, that is your lot, I think. Um, the other notable thing about it, it is the cheapest Polaroid camera that you can buy short of buying one from eBay or in a thrift shop or somewhere. So um, they do have second-hand cameras, refurbished second-hand cameras on the website, but the One Step 2 is cheaper than all of those. So if you want to get a Polaroid camera, or one that shoots impossible film, this is the cheapest way to buy a um, product with any sort of a warranty, I suppose, is the best way of putting it. Um, what do you think of it? You've been looking at yeah, instant cameras for quite a while now, and this one obviously is a bit of a um, bomb dropped in that whole market because it does seem to have had a fairly big response from our community and on the internet as large you know i've seen places like wired and um obviously petapixel and engadget pick up on it uh, it seems to be it, it's done the job of attracting attention oh it certainly has yeah and it's caught my attention as well i mean i i've not um been an impossible film shooter um i i am you know um you you've heard my frustrations just with with fuji instax but you know i i when i take a photo i like to have some idea of how it's going to come out i i'm less experimental than than the the average impossible film uh consumer so this is this is uh really interesting for me and and i suppose um it's the sort of thing that it might make me dip my toe in the water um so you know the uh the the camera looks interesting um in in the sense that you know uh it's clearly going to be uh brand new and as you say have some sort of warranty on it it's really affordably priced i'm very i'm mm. pretty impressed by the price actually I yeah, think, yeah. I, I was expecting it to be more than that just because of all things it is yeah it is a a good pre-christmas price for this thing it is and i think um you know the 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 film price is it, the drop in the film prices is, is significant as well i think you know from what i've been reading it's it's way more than people had been hoping for you know i think uh, i heard a lot of uh you know uh, american folks say they hoped it would hit 20 dollars um they'd been paying i think about 24 25 dollars um and now it's come down to about uh, um it's about 17 dollars i think as you said it's 15 pound in the uk but that mm. i mean that is that is you know that brings it sort of commercially or cost wise into the land uh, you know into the land of instax almost not quite but almost well I mean, how how does that compare with the instax square because the Instax Square is a bit more expensive, isn't it? I mean, I know it's probably... Oh, well, I don't know it actually in the States, but as you said, it is getting it's getting close enough to be an actual fight now, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, I think the thing you, think you have... Ugh, the thing you have to remember is, of course, you get 10 Instaxes, not eight. Yeah. So although the price points are quite close, there's only maybe a couple of £3 in it or something like that. Um, uh, it's... it's you, you still only get, you know, uh, eight shots rather than 10. So, I you know, I think, I think in my mind, it's brought it into the point where you could actually make a choice and say, actually, this one isn't ridiculously that much more expensive. And you've got a, a brand new camera. I think a lot depends on how the camera shoots. Um, I haven't pre-ordered one. I'm going to wait and see. Because for me... I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm. I prefer to have a bit more control, actually. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is going to be. I think this has the potential to really, um, actually make some inroads into that Instax market. Things like the Instax Mini stuff, that, because it, you know it's really funky looking. I can absolutely see this appealing to the Instax Mini market. Um, which sounds like a shop in its own right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think it's going to tick any more of the boxes than the Instax Mini did for you because of the lack of control. The thing that does concern me slightly is, as you said, the entire shooting experience because 
Instax is so bomb-proof in many ways, and um, Impossible is getting a lot better. Uh, and admittedly, I have not shot any of the most recent emulsions, so I'm really not sure what they're at. I had a look on the website, and they're saying development time is um, you know, 10 to 15 minutes now, so that's down considerably from the early stuff. It is, yeah. The other thing that concerns me slightly with it, uh, they seem to have a lot of issues with the battery technology in the i1 um i was having a look at some of the reviews for it um just on on amazon and what have you and they they were more negative than positive they they the i1 was not a successful camera i don't think (laughs) at least on the broader scale um it's they're still selling it at least at the moment um although i'm not sure that will last for very long um but the biggest complaint seemed to be about the battery not lasting and obviously they are using the battery in this as well because the i-type film does not have batteries in it so that that is the one thing that's coming over new into this camera so uh, i hope that they have ironed out the problems i mean the fact that this camera is significantly simpler than the i1 was because um, that had all the lights around the thing and it did all the stuff with the app and all of this so i think it was just constantly draining the battery whereas this one step really is as simple as it can possibly get um so i suspect that that will remedy that problem um but yes, it's, I, I hope that they can get the shooting experience to be as straightforward as it needs to be for this to be the success for the market they're aiming at. Yeah, I, 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 I think, you know, the, uh, I don't know, I, it, it's interesting for, for you know, the way I've reacted to it, because I got excited about this in a way that I don't get excited about the launch of other instant cameras. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I was thinking to myself, well, why am I... Is it some sort of? I mean, I never had a Polaroid camera as a kid. I think my mum had one, but you know, um, uh, the so so I don't really have any affiliation to the brand. But I think you know. But I think yeah, actually, yeah. Let, let's do it. So let, yeah, the film is coming along. You know, you've got uh, it. It's getting more competitively priced. They've clearly made a big effort to get it. Yeah, to get the price to work. Uh, a big effort. You know, they they've obviously learnt a lot from the i one, as you say. You know, it was. Um, I, I I wasn't particularly um, attracted to buying an i1, um, whereas I am for this, and maybe that's a mixture of price, maybe uh, price of the camera, price of the film, but also the you know, the sort of simplicity and 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 what have you. Maybe it's a bit more robust in the way it works and stuff like that. So, and I was trying to think to myself, well, why am I judging this in a positive light when I judge the Instax cameras in a fairly negative light, and the Lomography mm. camera is also in a relatively negative light. Um, I don't know. The, the, the simple answer is I don't know why I am excited and feel good about this. Maybe it is something about the history of the brand, even though it's not something that I've used much. But the, um, you know, let, let's think about this. This is, um, I mean, we've said for a long time that we want something, you know, that, you know more instant film. We've said uh, for a long time that we want more people to release film cameras into the market. Um, and this one seems to be, um, yeah, this could be a market, Stealer, I think. Yeah, I and I hope that it is. You know, if you think about what it's going up, so it's a hundred and ten pound in the UK, right? That's, and and that is way cheaper than, uh, well, it it's. I suppose in some ways it's it's sort of on a par with some of the Instax mini cameras. Um, mm. um, but it's you know, uh, but you're getting a much bigger um photograph for that. Uh, it's way cheaper than any uh than the lomography instax wide type things and um i don't know maybe it's the pricing element of it that has just given me a real feel-good factor <laughs> so i'm gonna yeah there's plenty of people i know on on twitter at the very least who, who've pre-ordered them so i'm gonna have to you know I, I can easily see myself buying this and moving away from from instax as a, a, a as a format but uh yeah let's see how it goes i mean it's it's, yeah. it's it's great news and to have another another serious you know um film production uh camera uh production company you know i know that you know impossible film you know released some cameras um or, or at least one camera and one and some scanners and things like that but you know it, it never really felt that that was the thing that they were most serious about it always felt that they were more serious about the film which is where they'd started and probably the right thing to be serious about 
Um, yeah. This feels like somebody has suddenly gotten serious about making a new Polaroid camera. Yeah, it does. I mean, and I have to say, the way if you go to their website, which is um, polaroidoriginals.com, um, it is, I feel like they have handled this exceptionally well from a branding point of view. Um, because, you know, I think the reason that it's resonating with you and for so many people is that, it, as it says, I think the original is back and you've got that rainbow logo and that, you know, fairly iconic, simple design. There's just something about this that really does speak to a generation of like, oh, God. And, and it feels great just to see the word Polaroid there and see an analog camera. It's really emotive. I mean, we know on an intellectual level that this is just, you know, this is just the rights to use certain things swinging back in alignment with the company that actually produces film. You know, we understand all that, but it, you can't get away from the fact that you're seeing a, a Polaroid-ass-looking Polaroid camera with all the branding on there, all of these things all coming together, and the fact that they have brought it all together and launched this um in one smooth hit and the rebranding and look, we're rebranding. Here's the camera. Here's the website. All this. Um, it, it's, it's very well thought out. And uh, if the camera meets up with expectations, and I think, and as long as people have realistic expectations about what this camera is, it's a basic plastic molded camera. Um, I, I think people will be pleased with it. And, the if it can get its teeth into the market that's only going to generate revenue to really allow more money to help the film get better and better and better um yeah i mean it, it can only be seen as a good thing and uh impossible's attempts to get cameras going um you know they were they were always going to struggle because they couldn't use the polaroid um, designs and stuff like that because they didn't have the rights to it. So they were having to come up with their own unique stuff and they just didn't find the gap in the market for that. But I think this will, I think this is going to be very popular with, with people of our generation and the generation down. Um, I, you know, I, can, I can see a lot of people being very happy to get one of these for Christmas if it performs in a reasonably reliable and robust way. And there's no reason why the camera shouldn't. And I hope that the film is up to where it needs to be for this. All right. I, I, I'm feeling good about this. You're feeling good about this. So um, let, let's hope for everybody's sake that it's it's a success. Um, especially for Polaroids. Especially for Polaroids, yes. So, all right, well, let's 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 have a compare and contrast then because also we've, uh, we've seen this week um, an upshift, if that's the right word, in uh, the Kickstarter project for the Lomo Instant Square camera. As I said, it's a square camera that's no longer square. Um, if I understand it correctly, what they've launched is an Instax Mini back for the Lomo Square camera. Is that right? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Aid. Uh, they announced this. I think it was today or yesterday um, that uh, because it's been such a huge success, and it really has been a success. I mean, they've got ten days to go on their Kickstarter left, and at this point, they've raised five hundred sixteen thousand dollars of their original a hundred thousand dollar goal. So they have brought out a, or they will be bringing out a Instax Mini back, to, which will be able to be used with this camera, and it's actually very affordable as well. It's only I think sixteen dollars or fifteen US dollars. So why wouldn't you buy one of those to go with it? You know, it gives you more options for shooting. Um, if you, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I can't see why you'd necessarily want to shoot Instax Mini if you can shoot the square but the instax mini is a bit cheaper um the the one comment that somebody made lower down is won't this cannibalize the um market slightly for the lomo is it the automat that's the current one they've got isn't <laughs> yeah it? well they they too actually they have they because there's the original lomo instant um uh, as well which was uh, the first generation of lomo instax mini cameras so mm. 
Um, one of which actually I have on the way at the moment. <laughs> oh really? Oh, it's it, it it's uh, it's one that one one of our listeners, Martin, was was getting rid of, um, and uh, so he um, he's selling some stuff at the moment, uh, tidying up or something like that, and uh, he said, "Oh, just give me forty quid for it." So thanks, Martin. At least I'm saying thank you now. It hasn't arrived yet. By the time it arrives, and I I'll find out whether it's nice or, or whether it works for me or whether it doesn't work for me. I know whether it's forty quid well spent or not, but no, yeah. Forty quid for for that, I think, with the with all the lenses as well. I think he said so. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so there will be. You're right. There will be three current Lomo products that sell uh, that sell that use or that can use um, the Instax Mini Film. But hey, I mean, is that is that? I mean, they, they assume that they'll have different characteristics because I mean, there's any number of cameras you can buy that use. 35 mil film isn't it or any number of cameras you can buy yep. that use 120 so is is this any different from that if the cameras have sufficiently different characteristics i'm sure it'll be fine i mean at the end of the day they they've already sold loads of those other ones anyway so i'm sure they'll be quite happy if people buy one of these as well to go with it um i don't think having more versatility is going to do them any harm um you know just how much were these i'm just going to quickly have a look to get an idea because you know, we were just talking about how um the cost of the polaroid compares with this so um the, so yeah you can get one um 139 dollars for the um, early bird early bird square i think there's still a few of those left um so yeah i mean it's not much more expensive but it is more expensive than the polaroid um but uh, no, I mean, I think it's a good thing. Like I said, having more flexibility is always a good thing. I'm still not convinced by the look of that camera. <laughs> in the it really is. I think if you turned it up on its side, it would look slightly like K9's head. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. but uh, oh, It's got to yeah. be a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there you go. Ten days to go uh, on that one. It does make you wonder, doesn't it? If if the timing had worked out differently, whether this would have been impacted by the Polaroid launch, I can't help but feel it probably would have been. Um, well, yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, but yeah, you can never tell. I guess that, you know, I mean, this is this is the nature of competition in the marketplace now, isn't it? You know, I mean, for we now have, I, I mean, you know, is it three companies now that are producing brand new cameras? No, probably four companies now that are producing brand new cameras for uh, instant film. There's Fuji, Lomo, Mint, and now Polaroid. Have I missed anybody uh, you're, out there? You're forgetting, you have. You're, you're forgetting the, the, the highest end of one, that little red badge aid. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but that's just a rebadged Fuji anyway, isn't it? So, or re, it's not well rebadged and reboxed, I guess, because it is in a different shell, isn't it? So, that's so a Leica. it's a, it's a better shooting experience because it's a Leica. Well, that I I, I doubt I will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got uh, so there's two interesting things in the world of instant film this week, which. It, this is pretty awesome stuff actually um and you know and and now uh now on to act you know uh more i suppose i say traditional film but instant film's fairly traditional at that point this point isn't it but uh there's some news i think on uh the well the the expectation of the return of ectochrome yeah this was something that um, i just happened to catch a little glimpse of it's not really news as such it's more um reassuring sounds i think because kodak announced that they were going to be bringing the ectochrome back way back in i think in january at the um, ces show and it's been very quiet since then and uh, i think a few of us <laughs> were a little bit worried it's like well is this actually gonna happen you know this is things have been talked about before now and then taking a very long time to actually come forward like for example kodak's um super 8 new super 8 camera which i still don't think has seen the light of day um we're still waiting on that um but it does sound like uh, somebody got in touch with them and kodak did reply saying that no they are still planning to have a limited supply available this side of christmas with full production kicking off next year and i think you were saying ad you've actually heard that a few people have got um some tester roles kicking around 
yes, I did say that, didn't I? And now you've just brought it back. I'm wondering if I was slightly mistaken on that, actually. So, because um, uh, I can't find the link now. Um, so I, I wouldn't tell you, I wouldn't anybody take that as gospel because I may have misunderstood uh, or, or just flicked through something and not really appreciated that it said something else. So, but it, well, it, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I get things wrong all the time, you know, and, and I was pretty right last week. So, but this is a forward looking show and we don't talk about that. We do not. We, we, we purged last week's show from our memory forever. <laughs> is it okay for me to say that actually it was you that named the show last week <laughs> would you would you like to i mean your suggestion for a title was completely unacceptable so don't think i, I do think what did i suggest as a title then uh your suggestion for the title of the show was worst loser ever <laughs> oh yeah so it was <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I went with the more culturally relevant, bribed and prejudiced. I mean, you know, everyone likes a good pun. Um, yes, and, but, and, and and in our historical drama, you were definitely the drama queen. <laughs> yes, I absolutely was. I, I was ready to have a fainting fit at that point. Okay, all right. Really, I really and truly did want this to be the show where we look forward. So let's let, let let's put that behind us, and uh, yeah, there will be a. You're the one that keeps bringing it up. I can't help it. I haven't won for ages. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to this act of Chrome. Yes, like I said, it's not really news. More just a reaffirmation that it is on target, um, and uh, it looks as though this is. Um, I think it's probably only going to be the 35 millimeter that appears this year with the Super 8 coming out next year. And it's interesting because this is a joint venture between um, Kodak in America and Kodak Alaris in the UK. They're sort of both doing bits and pieces between them. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this coming out. This, this really is exciting because getting not only a new chrome film which alone is wonderful you know i mean that's just great but the fact that kodak are bringing a new film to market um because it's been really nice seeing the the films coming from the smaller suppliers uh with the smaller overheads you know um, burger bergel and ferrania and um uh roly with their vario and all which is great but to see kodak bringing something new back um yeah, it's just really nice. Again, like the Polaroid earlier, it just makes you feel good to see that this is happening. And um, 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 yeah, it just does. excited yeah. to see when it comes out. And I'll be excited to hear how people get on with it. And uh, I'll be excited to hear the price, actually. Um, yeah. So because so, uh, I, I bought a bunch of Ektar this week uh, and um, that uh, it, uh, somebody... Um, Somebody pinged me on Twitter and said, "Is it is it me or is it is it the Kodak film is suddenly really expensive?" And uh, and I said, "No, I don't think it's you because I think Kodak film is you know uh, is is getting quite pricey now actually." Um, so uh, I had to hunt really hard to find the extra at uh, the Ektar at six pound fifty a roll. Um, uh, there are plenty of places selling it over seven pound. Uh, and uh, somebody then pointed out rather helpfully that they found some for about £5.50 a roll or something like that. I was like, great, okay, I could have saved myself 20 quid there because I bought 20 rolls of hectare, but there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really have much of a baseline for that because I don't buy enough good quality from it. But, I mean, £7 a roll actually doesn't seem that bad. Having looked in the past at the prices of things like Portra and Valvia and stuff like that was like, oh, you could be paying 11, 12 quid a roll for some of this stuff. Um, I mean, £6.50 or whatever it was, L5, you know, it, it sounds dirt cheap for that stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you're not the but, one that's paying it, though, are you? <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. But, you know, you are buying this stuff for your trip of a lifetime. So I think it's well worth the investment. I mean, I would have offered to send you some <laughs> some of my boxes of Agfa Vista, but I don't think you'd want to take that, would you? No, no, I, no, you're right. It is. It is worth it. I think. Um, but uh, anyway, let's let's yeah. So so you you know. Let's hope that Kodak get the film out. Let's hope that they get it at a price that is attractive and also makes them a profit because it's important that these guys get to make a living. And uh, yeah, I think the same thing about Polaroid as well. I hope they've managed to price all of that stuff that they've done in really competitive pricing. I hope they're making money on it. I really, really do. I want them to make plenty of money. 
Yeah, I, I'm also, you know, I'm hesitantly excited about the prospect of this new Super 8 camera coming out. Um, yeah, I'd love to have a go at playing around with something like that. And if they can, I mean, I, I have a Super 8 camera that I have not yet tried because, you know, the cost of... <laughs> getting it done has always put me off of it but you know at some point i really would like to have a go at shooting and if a new camera comes out a new film then it's likely that we're going to get better uh processes in place to deal with the film and it'll hopefully bring the price of that down um and that could be exciting as well you know i it's, yeah it's all good all good it's been a hell of a year so far for film photography <laughs> quite quite amazingly so it, yeah i i agree well and on on that happy note then because we talked about lots of nice new products uh coming our way soon uh we'll take a quick break and uh then we'll come back with some listener emails Okay, we are back. I uh, hope you enjoyed the little musical interlude there from Rachel's band Rocha. They provide all our music and we are very, very grateful to them. And uh, even sometimes we get people on Twitter who go or stuff like that, but in, in text. And it's very difficult to uh, understand exactly what's going on. But I think that's what they're trying to say. Either that or it's some language I don't have or some security setting on my phone or something like that. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sure it's fine. No, this is why I don't go on Twitter because it's just too weird. <laughs> Twitter people are lovely people. Well, actually, the the people that I talk to on Twitter about film photography are lovely people. There are some weird people on Twitter, but we try to ignore them. Um, anyway, back with some emails. First email. First email. Talking of weird people on Twitter. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, <talk to> <laughs> <laughs> okay for some emails to the show um this uh we have um a new listener to shout out to his name is toby van der Veld, and he has recently started listening to the show and he sent us uh ooh, three emails so let's um let's uh, uh well let's go through those and see what they say so first email from toby hi guys i just started listening to the show love it well okay good start like that as a good start to an email I am picking past shows at random at the minute and today listen to 47 with Justin Cornell. What a loony. <laughs> so I saw that in email. I thought, do you know what? If I read that out, Justin would probably be the first to agree. <laughs> it's great. Uh, that still goes down as one of the hallmark moments for me since I've been doing the shows. Oh, Justin's just a, he's a legend, an absolute legend. If anybody's listening to this who hasn't gone back and listened to the Justin Quinnell episode, I, I don't know what you're doing with your life. He's just the greatest. Yes. Go back and listen to show 47, as Toby has done. So he said, just thought I'd pop the three of you a quick bit of love. You've brightened up my week. Here's a pic of a kitten vomiting a rainbow out of the sky into the sea for you. I didn't say it myself and I suspect it was not shot on film, but it pleases me. <laughs> It pleased me also, uh, so thank you, Toby. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to more shows soon. I'm on a roll now that I've started listening. Excellent, Toby. Thank you for getting in touch. Um, it's uh, yes, not yes. Well, there you go. Didn't take it myself and suspect it was not shot on film, but there. Fine. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, Toby, second email. Hi again, guys. 66 was brill. NASA Hamid was very interesting. And what a camera list he reeled off. Those two things are both true, actually, aren't they? Uh, NASA was really interesting. Um, and uh, he does seem to own every camera and have a freezer full of every kind of film you could possibly want. Um, yeah, almost every camera. He doesn't have any rubbish plastic cameras, and I am I am absolutely going to foist one on him at the earliest possible opportunity I get. <laughs> so Toby goes on to say, I got my Kodak Vest Pocket Autographic out recently uh, and was devastated to find the bellows had got pushed in. Such a sweet little camera. Oh, that's a shame. Um, what's a what's a vest pocket autographic? So that's one of those cameras. Aid. Um, there's a, uh, I, if it's what I'm picturing, where um, it's uh, the sort of front plate pops out like a concertina style. So um, you, it pushes into it's flat. So you've got uh, sort of a long thin thing, and then you press the button and the front just pumps out. It doesn't fold out. It literally just puffs out like concertina. Um, they're quite old. Uh, oh, well, as uh, obviously is indicated by the fact that his is bellows, but um, 
yeah, I would imagine that's the kind of thing it is. They're, they're, they're very cool old cameras. I've got a couple of that sort of style. Um, they came in different sizes. Um, some of the ones called Vest Pocket, you look at them and go, those vests must have been quite big, but it sounds as though Toby's was one of the smaller ones, so I don't know what kind of film that would use. They often used weird sizes of film. Um, I was listening to the FPP, because the FPP are back after their summer break, and um, Mike was saying that there's, starting to try and find some ways of supplying uh was it 118 and 168 i can't remember anyway listen to the podcast it's great um film that a lot of these uh vest pocket cameras and, and the autographics used um the other weird thing about the autographic camera because i've got one of these autographics is um on the back you could open up a little thing on the back and write on the back of the um negative like literally scratch into it had a little pen that fit not um a, an ink pen but a little thing to write on the back of the neck so you could actually have writing on the negative itself how cool is that i uh, i yeah i never heard of anything like that i don't think it's it's quite weird and old but um yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool um yeah so that those are the autographics yes okay. i'll try and send you a picture of one later Aid. it's very cool mine is definitely not vest pocket size um, unless it's like a, an army vest Mm, okay well it sounds sounds like toby's has seen better days uh, he said i was going to put some film through it for the first time in a while i'm too i'm scared to use it too often as i'm petrified of damaging it and it's ended up knackered anyway so well sorry to hear that yeah. toby yeah the thing is though just use it anyway i mean you already gone dumb broke it you may as well give it a shot um because the film's full size it tends to be a bit wonky unless he's got one which is 120 which would be very lucky um you may as well give it a try you know, what have you got to lose? Literally nothing. And you can always tape up the bellows a bit if they're a bit leaky. So, um, and also, yeah, you said I suspect the repair might be more expensive than buying a new one. I mean, that's almost certainly true. These cameras do not really hold much in the way of value. Um, so if you've got one where the shutter's reasonably reliable, I'd just say go for it. Mm, okay fair enough all right well on to toby's third email hey again guys <laughs> i'm still banging away at your backlog hmm I like the sound of that. Three or four a day at the moment and still just randomly bouncing through them without rhyme or reason. Funny, irreverent and entertaining. Um, I can't work out how to leave an iTunes review. I'm sure that's user error. Otherwise, I do so. Ah, quick, Graham, leap to his aid. How can Toby and for that matter, anybody else that chooses to leave us an iTunes review? How does that work? I, mean, I guess go to uh, you go to iTunes.com, right? Because um, they've got this the Apple Podcast app now. They've changed things around a bit. I know that you do need to have an Apple account to be able to use a review, leave a review rather. So that might be the thing. But if you go to the Apple Podcast app or um, iTunes.com and search for the Sunny 16 podcast uh, and find where it is, then on the, the podcast page under reviews, you can click to leave a review there. Um, and we do very much appreciate it when um, people do. So for all those people that have have managed to figure out how to do so thank you very much and for those that haven't quite managed to work it out yet like toby i'm sure you'll get there it <laughs> can't be that old i've managed to do it in the past <laughs> okay well i yeah i'm just trying to think if i can because I, I have my my phone in front of me i i use the apple podcasting app for for podcasts is there a way i can do oh, i don't know you know i don't know hmm I know I've always done mine using the um, computer. Yeah, I think I think that might sadly I think that might be maybe required, which is uh, uh, yeah, a bit of a shame, really. Oh well, no, okay, well, no, no help there. Sorry, Toby. It may not be user error <laughs> after all, unless uh, unless we all got it. <laughs> so. We we suck, don't we? We're always asking people to leave us iTunes review, and yet we don't. We don't know even how know how. Yeah. Sorry, maybe, everyone. Maybe it does have to be on a computer or on a website or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, he goes on to say, the last few evenings I've been digitising negs from an Easter holiday in Wales, as I mentioned on Instagram. When I'm shooting film, I keep field notes. Do any of you three do this? Hmm. I don't. Do you? <laughs> we definitely, all three of us mean to do it, don't we? I think I've said in the past, I try to, when I'm shooting pinhole, um, just so I know what the hell I'm doing. I was just um, going to mention pinhole, actually, because that's the one place where I do it. So uh, I have kept field notes for the pinhole um, 
when I uh, on the uh, what's the name of that app I use? The one that you uh, can't get. The pinhole app, mate. Yeah, pinhole assist. I think it's called, isn't pinhole it? Assist, yeah. Pinhole yeah. assist. Yeah. So that that has an ability to take a snapshot and put notes against it. So um, yeah, I try to do that, uh, but not for anything else ever. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm also not great. Every now and again, I will write a list of what cameras that I've got currently active and what film is in it. That's about as good as it gets for me. So I think Toby's a better person for this sort of stuff than we are then, because he says uh, April's a long time ago and he's now entering analog EXIF into his files from his notebook. Hmm. He asked the question, does this make me a sadder with too much time on his hands? I'd say no, actually. I'd say, well done. <laughs> but well, I'd go. say yes, just because, you know, point counterpoint. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, um, yeah, okay. Well, hey, Toby, thank you for uh, your bevy of emails there. Um, good to hear from you. Th- I'm glad you're enjoying the show. And, uh, yeah, 47 with Justin Quinnell was a proper good show, that was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I should clarify, you know, we say enjoying the show. Uh, Toby's response on Instagram to last week's show was simply... Well, that was a weird podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming by weird he means, well, it's weird how Graham didn't win. Um, but yeah, so if Toby's no longer listening, sorry. Sorry if we broke you at the end there. Huh. No, well, no. <laughs> easy come, come, easy go. Easy go. <laughs> okay, right. Well, you've got the next email, I think. Yes, the next email we've got is from another new listener, Jordana R. Um Hi, guys. I've just listened to podcast 57 with Tina Rowe, which was brilliant. Yes, it was, because also Tina is just great. Uh, She sounds like a good laugh. And I particularly loved the sound of the festival she mentioned, Revelity. So I went on to nose around their social media and came across the man Tina mentioned, Pierre Van Vliet, who also exhibited work at the festival. He's the gentleman she mentioned that had lighting behind his glass negatives. There's not a great deal of behind the scenes on his social media, but what I can see looks absolutely fascinating. And she included a link there. And, and I did have a look at his stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's beautiful and really intriguing. Um, she carries on. Basically, I'm emailing you to nag to please get him on the podcast to share what he's doing. As someone who has barely delved into film photography, let alone what he's doing, I am just mesmerized and desperate to know more. Uh, please and thank you and that's from Jordan R and um, well yes for one thing we will certainly pursue that I will um, I will ask Tina if she could perhaps uh, introduce us by, by, by way of a gentleman's introduction uh, get us in touch with him and see if he would be at all interested in coming on and um, also just not only say uh, welcome to the podcast Jordan but also welcome to film photography because Jordan has just started getting into it fairly recently um, I saw a post she uh, joined up on Flickr as well and joined our Flickr group and put on there that she's only fairly recently started shooting um, film after not really doing much with it and um, so yeah it's great to have you on board and um, next time we do our uh, cheap shots challenge i hope that you are there and ready to go so you know start thinking about that camera now um but yeah that's a great shout i don't know whether you've had a chance to look at some of these pictures of um pierre van de Vliet, his stuff aid uh no i haven't until just this moment actually uh and uh there's um well uh um i don't know actually uh there's there's some very interesting stuff there's there's some uh, there are some behind-the-scenes shots, aren't there? And there's a couple of videos, but I haven't watched those yet. But, uh, yeah, they are... Um, I, I, they, they, I, I was trying to, trying to think of how best to describe them, but they, 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 not, they don't particularly belong in a genre as such, do they, I suppose? They are... Um, I guess there's a theme that runs through them I immediately notice, which is, um, you know, uh, a lot of them are artistic nudes. Um, yes. Or, or partial nudes. So... Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's clearly um, uh, very well conceived work. Um, with yeah, a lot, with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, thought gone into it, and in some of them, some some styling as well. Yeah, and I mean, and the whole thing is just 
so beautifully handcrafted along the way. I mean, from the fact that he's these images are glass plate negatives, which he's plating, you know, creating himself, um, and then he's building the um, structure to house these negatives, this uh, these great big lumps of wood, which he's cutting up and carving, and then putting the lights behind. Um, with a from just a great big chunk of wood, like literally a tree, a chunk of a tree trunk, which he's chainsawing up, and so it really is a um, a coming together of so many different crafts. So yeah, his Instagram account for anybody who wants to have a look at this stuff, which I would highly recommend, is at uh, I'll spell it P I E R E V L I E R T at Pierre Vliel. <laughs> doesn't sound right at all um but uh, uh yeah go and check it out it's really good and his work um is it's very beautiful um you know not necessarily entirely suitable for work but you know it's managed to get on instagram so it's clearly not that terrible uh, in terms of um graphic content it is it's very much artistic nudes rather than graphic stuff um yeah Really cool, very cool, and yes, we we will see if we can persuade uh, Pierre to join us on the show because that would, I'm sure, be really interesting and and highly illuminating. Mm, like yes. his pictures, highly illuminated. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, thank you, folks, for the emails. Always good uh, to hear from you. Uh, please, uh, anybody who would like to get in touch, uh, you can get us at Sunny Sixteen Podcast at gmail.com and we are always happy to hear from you and uh, and uh, what we what we can we read out on the show as well so uh right well uh, i think um well i'm not sure what i think actually at the moment because uh we're gonna have a quick break and then after that we come back and and graham's got a, a little game for me which um uh, I don't really know quite what it is, um, but <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be fun. So uh, yes, um, back in a minute. A while ago, we asked for some of our great listeners to send us some shutter sounds to help bleep out all the terrible swears that mostly M comes out with when he's on the show. <laughs> and people have been great. We've got some great ones through. And then friend of the show, this is a little while ago, friend of the show, Neil Piper, sent me a little selection board of some shutter sounds that he'd sent. I thought, actually, you know, this would be quite a good chance to test out how good AIDS ear is for what these might be from so i realize that this is asking an awful lot of somebody to know what shutter sound is from but you know let's give it a go and see how close you can get you know even if you can get in the ballpark of what kind of camera um we can go with so i've stripped the names of what all these um shutter sounds are so we're going to go through them one at a time and then uh you can give me what your best guess is for it um so have you got uh number one aid sound number one please aid <laughs> yeah okay all right i'll give this a shot so but just before i do what on earth makes you think i would know any of them <laughs> oh i realize that the chances are um not even slim to zero the kind of zero to negative equity but uh you know it's it's all good fun also our listeners can test themselves so um a few of these actually a couple of these are a couple of the same sounds from from one camera so you know you, you might get them as you on board we'll listen to the sound then you can make your guess and then i will tell you what it is and we can go forward like that and like i said listeners at home can play along because it's such a fun game there's okay. only six of them this won't take there's long. only six of them okay so given that i have never heard any of these sounds before i will do this bravely and with good humor and we'll see, see what little <laughs> i achieve right okay here comes the first one Ooh, that was quite a small sound Mm-hmm. Couldn't hear a couldn't hear a mirror at least not that I'm aware of anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna so it sounds to me like it's gonna be. Oh, do you know what it sounds like? It Go sound, on. It sounds like um. It sounds like one where you push a plastic button down and a spring goes around, like a Diana or a Holger or something. Is it a toy camera of some sort? 
Not quite, but you, you sort of you were heading along the wrong. I think you've gone too far down that road. It's not quite. I think it's it's very close. It's a very clear, loud recording of it. Um, loud than I would have expected it to be. But uh, you're kind of on the right thread with the no mirror. Okay, so no mirror. So 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 you're giving me a clue that it's something that you would expect to be quiet. Well, I mean the the camera that is legendarily quiet, of course, is a Leica. But I didn't know Neil had one of those. <laughs> No, no, it's not a Leica. No, it's definitely at the other end of the spectrum from the Leica. Okay. But I mean, it is, it's a cult camera. A cult camera. So it's going to be, oh, is it something like an Olympus Trip or something like it, that? Well done. The Olympus Trip. Okay. That's All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for helping me out and not hanging me out to dry there. Um, I'm <laughs> quite surprised I got that, but it was the, it was the lack of mirror that, that, um, that, that was the thing, the cat, yeah, the, the, uh, the feature there. All right, shall I go for number two then? Yeah, number two. Okay, here goes. Ooh, that's a much smaller sound. Even what can uh, sound smaller than a an Olympus trip? So again, clear. I'm mean, clearly no mirror or anything like that. It sounded. Um, uh, it's it sounded like a much livelier version of my minute minute. My Minox 35 GTE, which is partly broken based around the results I got from the last film. Oh, no, really? Yeah, the shutter is sticking in places, at least. Oh, no. Um, So, but it's got to be something fairly small. Is it a 110 camera? No, it's bigger than that. I think this is quite tough because I think this will probably fall into the category of a group of cameras that you've not really... Um, had come across or not really shot. Um, I don't think this kind of um, type of... Well, actually, there's one camera that you and I have both shot which is in a similar kind of group to this. Um, and I think for you, it's unique in that it's one... The, the, the one that you've got is the only one of its kind that you own, although I've got a couple of different types. Okay, so the, where I was going to go next as a possibility was that it might be a leaf shutter... Uh-huh, I think you are on the money with that. Okay, because it made us... Yeah, okay, so... Um, uh, you're right, I do have a leaf shutter camera. It's it's my Bronica, but it, you can't hear the shutter because of the enormous <laughs> mirror. <laughs> it just goes bang! <laughs> um, so I ha- I'm, I'm going to guess that it's, it's some sort of um, quite vintage folding camera um, with a leaf shutter. Oh, you're right with the vintage. It's actually an old rangefinder. It is um, the, you'd never have guessed this in a million years, but it's the Mamiya 4B, which is um, I've never even heard of that camera. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, you know, it, there's not any particular reason why you wouldn't, but it's a nice old um, rangefinder camera. Um, I'm not sure what age it is, but it's probably fairly contemporary with things like the Electro 35 that we've got the Ashikas. Oh, okay, like um, 70s kind of jobby. Okay. Yeah, somewhere around there. So, and that's why I was thinking because that actually, if you listen to your Electro, you'll probably find that's a fairly similar sound from the shutter on Yeah, that. I haven't used um, that in a couple of years because the meter stopped working. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's quite a nice, smart little camera, actually. Um, right. Uh, okay. Next one, then. Number three. Okay, yeah. here we go. Oh. That sounded like it needed to be wound up first. <laughs> <laughs> um, that really did sound, yeah. Oh, I, I, blimey. I don't think I have a clue what that is. Well, I'm going I'm to give you a clue. That was not a shutter sound. That was not a shutter sound. Well, was it a film wine shut sound then? Mm-hmm. That- yeah. Okay, it was a fairly fairly short for a film winding sound. Um, hmm. It, yeah, oh, no, no, no. You you you've got me there. I have absolutely. I'll, no I'll, idea. I'll put you out of your misery. This is the film wind sound wind on sound for the aforementioned Mamiya Four B. So, um, <laughs> oh, a nice that's... short throw on that. I, I'm, yes, it, it did sound like a short throw, actually. Yes. Okay. All right. I shall move swiftly on. I'm not having much success with the camera I've never heard of. Right, no, no. Funnily enough. Funnily enough. Okay. okay this number, one's going to test you. Number four. Okay. So that's clearly a motor wind of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it sounded like there was a mirror in there as well. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say it's some sort of SLR with a motor wind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I think I understand that Neil likes Olympus cameras. Uh huh. So I, um, I'm going to say it's some sort of Olympus OM. I don't know the number, but with a motor wind on it. Oh, very well done, eh? That is an OM1 Plus power drive. <laughs> I've got one of those power drives. I've never used it, but it's there for that moment when I really want to, you know, take a lot of pictures quickly. Very well done, eh? Do I mean, apart from the Amir, which you would never have got, you're doing very well on this. All right. Okay. Well, let's see if we can get through the last two and get some more results there. Number five. Here we go. Oh, I know that one. Oh, that's going to bug me. What kind of thing are you picturing in your head? Give us a visual image. Oh uh, no, it's, I'm not sure. It's I'm not sure it is what I thought it was at first. Actually, I'm now picturing in my head some sort of compact 35 mil with an automatic uh-huh. wind on. Oh yes, yes, you're in the right ballpark here. Um, I wouldn't have, have a, a stab at it because uh, I know again this is not one of your things. No, I wouldn't have a clue as to the brand, but I'm going to say Yashica. Yeah, good guess. It's actually the Nikon AF3, but you were in the right ballpark. It's okay. a, a sort of 80s plastic um, point-and-shoot automatic wind-on. Okay. All right, last but not last. least then. Yeah, last but not least. Let's hope I can go out I'm, I'm feeling good about that. I think you can do it. You think I can do it? Okay, let's yeah. have a listen then. Ooh, that's a bit nondescript, actually. Um, I mean, it, I think I heard a mirror in it. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. It was all just quite quiet. It was very quiet, wasn't it? It's a very quiet, elegant sort of sound. A quiet, elegant sort of sound. Um, pardon me. Um, what would make a quiet, elegant sort of sound that is in a sort of SLR kind of camera as well, if I was right in hearing a mirror in there, or, or something other than just a shutter anyway? Um, I don't know. There's a clue in what you've just said, and I know there's a clue in what you've just said, but I can't for the life of me figure out what it is. So I'm going to have to say big fail on number six, and you're going to have to tell me. Well, no, me. You, see, you, you, you think about it. You've already bear in mind what you already guessed for one of the other ones. Is it? An, is it an OM one? It is the OM one. Yes. Okay. The, I was going to say that. I thought that would be yeah. That you wouldn't do that. But okay, fair enough. Excellent. It is the best SLR there is and with the most elegant, quiet little shutter sound. It's very good. Well done, Aid. I think you did pretty well then. I think you did pretty well at, at sussing out what was what. Um, and listeners, I hope uh, if, if anybody out there did manage to guess that it was a Mamiya um, 4B, then oof, give yourselves a pat on the back for that. Cause yeah. that would... Do you know what? Having just been through that test, I would say to the listeners, if anybody managed to get any of it, then well done. <laughs> Please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well thank you very much for that that distraction neil that was very much appreciated yeah i enjoyed that nice little challenge there um uh yeah i i surprised myself actually by by what i managed to achieve there i'm I'm very glad that um that i've actually met neil and and that uh uh you know so that that i understood that he liked to shoot uh um uh, olympus cameras (laughs) that helped quite considerably yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There are so many of them. It's good to have a bit of a head start. Yes, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, uh, well, there we go. Um, so thank you. Uh, thank you, Neil. So well, I think we are now going to uh, to shout outs. Yes, we certainly are. And the first shout out I want to give is to Jeremy North. Uh, Jeremy, who uh, was delighted to find out. He got in touch, um, sent me an email. And he's been on the Flick group as well. Uh, Jeremy is the gentleman, a Jezza Fox, who left us the um, iTunes review, which I got so very excited about. And um, yeah, he just dropped me an email to say that he's uh, listening to the show and um, has gone through the back catalogue and has no... <laughs> No mental harm caused by it, which um, I think is either a testament to his um, fortitude rather than the quality of the shows, I suspect. Um, But thank you very much for getting in touch and um, very much hoping to catch up with uh, Jeremy at some point because he's only down the road in Cheltenham. So hopefully when we do get a meetup going, because unfortunately the meetup which we'd hoped to do last weekend, I was unable to do because I've had some unfortunate family stuff going on, which... uh, 
cause me to cancel it. But once these things have um, resolved themselves, we will be getting another date in the calendar as soon as possible. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for getting in touch, Jeremy. And um, the other quick one I want to give a shout out to is our good friend, Eric, um, who has he's been back from his trip a little while now and he's been sharing all sorts of awesome photos um from his trip and um and there has in no way been a conflict between, <laughs> between uh, the desires of some people on Flickr to have um a reduced quantity of photos in the photo group and uh, Eric clearing you know getting all of his stuff up there's definitely not been any conflicts there I would just say let's all be nice to one another on the on the social medias shall we let's be polite and lovely individuals um because that was always be nice um so what you're yeah, saying really... is do as you say not as you do then yeah yeah don't be me oh god don't be me no <laughs> take me as a benchmark for awful and do the opposite okay fair enough uh, there's a life rule in there somewhere if only i could find it and dig it out uh, yeah. right so i would also like to save a shout out to our our friend hamish um hamish gill sometimes known as 35 mmc uh which is the name of his website and blog um we had some awful tarty teasing from m last week on the show um, and i'm was... glad he was so far away otherwise i would have knocked his front teeth down his throat by the end of the it, it was painful it was but <laughs> hey it's all right we love you em you know that but uh but you made uh, me do I, the breaking news tune can you believe it eh? <laughs> I, <laughs> I know it's a travesty it was. so so um just to try and yeah recover the position and, and some of our show's credibility in some small way <laughs> I, I pinged Hamish and said, "Hello, mate. What's what, what? What on earth is going on here? Really? Is there is there something that that you would like us to tell the listeners?" And uh, Hamish quite kindly uh, gave 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 me uh, a little bit more in, uh, a little bit more uh, information to leak. So. Uh, M made reference to uh, Hamish inventing stuff that would help out film photographers uh, and that is indeed true so Hamish is actually uh, in the process of designing uh, a product that's going to help scanning film uh, uh, more um, more easier no the more it just just helps help make scanning film easier for for people and and specifically I think he's interested in helping out uh, people who are using cameras uh, to scan their negatives rather than uh, people who have you know fancy scanners already you know so so actually I'm quite interested in what he's up to because I don't have a fancy scanner I, I know you do Graham but it's uh, and I know you like yours but it's uh, uh, I don't have a scanner that can scan negatives so I, I'm quite interested in this and um, uh, and what Hamish is, is doing actually is uh, he's bring, pulling together a group of people on Facebook um, who are interested uh, in DSLR scanning? If if that, or let's just call it digitizing film using, you know, uh, using cameras rather than scanners. Um, it doesn't have to be a DSLR because um, uh, I don't ha I don't use a DSLR. I use my Fuji XT1. Uh, so uh, Hamish is pulling together that, and I think the the product that he's working on is going to be uh, some kind of frame that will help. Um, uh, work on uh, hold negatives still um, I'm, I'm guessing because there's a, a fair few 35mm uh, and, and 120 um, uh, fr frames out there that this is going to be something slightly more innovative so um, you know um, Hamish um, look forward to, to seeing it and hearing more about it um, thank you for giving me permission to leak that I hope I haven't uh, inadvertently um, said more than you would like me to um, but uh, having uh, you know having talked it through with you I think I'm probably in safe territory there so um yeah um if anybody wants to get involved with hamish's group um he did put a call out on twitter a public call out on twitter uh about um in early september uh, about the 10th of september if you have to trawl through it um asking uh, people to uh, let him know if they're interested or, or to retweet it if they're interested um and uh yeah maybe there's a group to join there who, who could be part of hamish's project so sounds good to me yeah, I think that's really cool because, uh, as um, in his waffly, waffly way last week said, that uh, this is one of those things uh, for people coming into film photography. New, getting the pictures from the negatives onto your computer is the biggest stumbling block, um, and 
coming up with ways to make that as easy as possible is great and especially if he's looking at stuff which might be better at dealing with non-standard sizes um because like as you said i've got a dedicated scanner but my dedicated scanner is getting old and doesn't deal terribly well with things that aren't um 120 or 35 millimeter um so yeah i I, i'm very keen to see what's coming from this front very exciting yeah. Well, maybe exciting. It's pushing it a bit, but it's very intriguing. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's about it for the shout outs, which I think means that actually that's about it for the show. So we have a little uh, a compact and bijou show. It's been this week, uh, just the two of us, uh, just a few topics. And uh, we've got through them uh, in, in a time which for us actually represents um, some haste. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a welcome breath of fresh air after last week. Uh, well, uh, here's hoping. Here's hoping that it's uh, yes. And um, al- although, yeah, of course, you know, the uh, the climax of the ending of this show is nowhere near uh, as as um, uh, wonderful as the climax of the end of last <laughs> week. Well, show. that's one word. You say that, Aid. You say that. But we have got a special little treat for the listeners for the end of this week's show, haven't we? We do indeed. We do indeed. We are going to play out actually um, with some different music uh, this week, and uh, that's going to be uh, very. I am looking forward to that actually. So, so Graham, can you um, just uh, tell us what it is that we're going to listen to in a minute or two? I certainly can. Well, I will give you the briefest of mentions because the gentleman responsible himself has sent us an introduction which will stick in front of it. But this is from our good friend Jonas, or at Colomatorn, he of the dead bird photography as discussed last week, the mad scientist, who has his own uh, photography podcast over in Sweden. And um, I think he originally intended to try and pull out the camera shutter sounds from his own theme tune. But failing that, he just sent us his theme tune to have a listen to anyway. So we're going to stick his little introduction for it and the theme tune for his Swedish film photography podcast, which you should definitely check out if you speak Swedish, which I absolutely do not. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much, Jonas, for sending us this. Yeah, it is great, Jonas. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, just ahead of of handing over to the man himself, you can get in touch with us, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Flickr, email, all which is at Sunny16podcast. I suppose apart from the email, which is Sunny16podcast at gmail.com but we <laughs> love to that, yeah. yeah we love we love to hear from you and and uh yeah that's part of what makes the the show fun for us and that's part of what makes the show actually given that we read emails and things like that yeah um, and we want to give one last shout out don't we Aid, for the gadget show we've had some really good emails come in but and we may well be doing this next week so if you have got any some send them to us I think so. I think it's about time. We've we've managed to collect a few now, haven't we? Uh, so anybody with any late entries, when they hear this, you'll still have a few days before our recording. Um, uh, we usually record on a Monday night. The show goes out on a Thursday morning. So if you uh, if you have any gadgets you'd like to recommend, send us a uh, an email by Monday next week, whatever date that'll be, the twenty something. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the twenty twenty fifth Send us an email by Monday, the twenty fifth of September, with your gadgets in, and uh, you may well get on the show. Right. Last but not least, we like to say thank you to Chris at pixelatedphotographer.com for hosting the podcast and for the forums where we have uh, some longer form conversation. Uh, we've already mentioned them today, but music, apart from this end bit, which is actually from Jonas, uh, music is provided by Rocha uh, and their album Promises I Should Have Kept, you can find on Amazon or iTunes. Um, I think, Graham, unless there's any other business, it's time to hand over to Jonas. I think it certainly is. All right. Well, in which case, from us, uh, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, Graham, Rachel and Ed. Jonas, a.k.a. Kolematorn, signing in here from Sweden. Uh, I just uh, wanted to share a little tune with you guys. Uh, I didn't find the actual sound files for all my shutter sounds as of yet. But uh, how listen to this uh, intro tune I got for my own Swedish podcast, Mellan Sharpa uh, I'll be sure to send the files uh, for the next show. Be cool and stay in school. Bye. Mm-hmm.